displeases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smart homes, smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Hello, everybody. This is Madeline Siege from Smart Homes, Stupid People, and this is. Hello, I am Eris Helmuth. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome to another episode of, yeah, Smart Home Stupid People. And it's the second for the second season. So we're fresh in a new year and hopefully you are with us. And uh, yeah, we today's topic is rules or a reality. And mm -hmm. we will discuss the topic of you know the things that are presented in our everyday life are these really rules that we need to follow or are these just things that you know are made up by someone in order to guide our behavior in a specific way yeah. and it's not actually reality and not something that we should follow well the other idea behind that too is um can i think i'm under the impression you kind of have to choose rules or reality because mm -hmm. reality has since uh, diverged from um, the rule-based society that we now live in. Mm -hmm. and, and I say that in the sense that I think that in the society that we live in, it's no longer a part of reality. It's so far from nature and it's so far from, um, I think, a peaceful reality that mm -hmm. uh, we humans want to intuitively coexist inside, right? And so today we're exploring, um, taking off where we were, where we left off last time. You know, these uh, these radical ideas that we kind of put forth. And I thought about it more this week, and I thought to myself, you know, these radical ideas aren't really. Um, things that I would put into law or change. It's kind of like the same way that uh, Fukuoka dude, uh, the the um, Japanese permaculture mm -hmm. dude um, said, it's about removing what's unnecessary. Yeah. And I think that we have a lot of unnecessary rules in our society yeah, 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 yeah. and we govern ourselves unnecessarily by them. Mm -hmm. And we condition ourselves over and over and over again to reinstate it in our mind that the rules of society are reality and they're not. Mm. Right. There was actually a nice quote uh, also that had to do with, you know, taking away what you don't need. Right. I don't know. I think it was Salvador Dali or something. He said that perfect perfectionism, mm -hmm. perfectionism is when you can't, you know, can't add more, but when there's nothing left I think to it was, take um, away from it. Michelangelo actually, who said that when he saw a statue, yeah, um, he, he the, the the statue was there the whole time. It's a matter of just taking away what wasn't the statue. Yeah, in so his it's, mind. it's the same notion, same, you know, it's yeah. the same idea behind it that only see what's really necessary in order to 
to build that stuff mm. and whatever is on top of that, you can actually take away. It's not important. And I think that's for everyone different, right? right? So for us, we might have a different <laughs> understanding of a perfect life that, you know, we don't yep. need things that other people might need for their their well-being. And so this is a very individual way to live your life, whether you see something as a rule or a reality that really depends on your mm. own history, on your own way to see well, I, I wouldn't, the world. I, I would say it more like there are, um, <clears throat> we, you know, as we mentioned before, there are laws in nature, mm -hmm. right? And the idea of rules, rules in my, you know, my opinion are more of a man-made guideline. Yes. Yeah. To achieve something. Right, uh, they're not laws. They're not. I mean, they're not finite in the sense that you can break them. Right, mm -hmm. laws of nature um, can be disregarded. Like I mean, you could ignore them, but they're not going away. Mm -hmm. And that's the point: is we can choose whether we want to live with mm. the harmony and the laws of nature or not. And if we don't, then I find that we we live a, a foolish, more are more inclined to live a foolish life. What would be, for example, a, a law? law of nature for you, or like a rule of nature, how would that be? Well, I mentioned last time you have what's called the Fibonacci sequence, mm -hmm. the golden ratio. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a number that presents itself over mm -hmm. and over and over again mm -hmm. in nature. And this is one of those finite laws of nature. Like, I mean, if you want to look at, uh, at um, even chemistry and physics, you mm -hmm. know, we, we have discovered specific numbers like pi, for example. Pi is not something that we can change. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a it's a part of nature, mm -hmm. right? And and I never really got that whole idea behind it, but What do you mean? <laughs> well, just, you know, it's just a random number for me. It's like who came up with well, that? Well, it's not no, well, look, we came up with the 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 hex system and the decimal yeah. system and so on and so forth. So that number, it's it's actually this is the funny thing is the number to me isn't um the law. It's mm -hmm. the fact that the um the mechanism to achieve that exists everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, divide the uh, radius by the uh, circumference of a circle, you will always get that number. I believe that's how you get pi, if I'm not mistaken. Could mm -hmm. be the other way around. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that this is something fundament fundamental within the physical law of our of our of our universe. You know, gravity. We know that it's it's a pretty strong law in the sense mm -hmm. that you can't choose to ignore it. It's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, these these kind of things. But again, you know, more in the philosophical realm. Like I mentioned, I think that the Fibonacci sequence is a very interesting one because you see there's there's a ratio as to how things are built. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and 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 this ratio speaks true to the way that uh, humans are built. You know, when we go back to the Vitruvian man. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also Michelangelo, right? Mm -hmm. And or is that Da Vinci? I think that was Da Vinci. Regardless, the point is, is that you see these. Um, we we re we represent what we see in reality as mathematics, mm -hmm. and that that that's a big part of the the episode today. Is that mathematics are used? I was listening to a podcast earlier this week too. I believe it was also Freeman, and um, the guy who we had on mentioned that um, mathematics you'd assume are there because you observe something like mm -hmm. in the sky, the stars, you know, the way that they move. And then you write a mathematic equation in order to describe it mm -hmm. so that the next person who comes along gets it and can, mm -hmm. and can go for, go on from yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, a big issue that I find is that we tend to create an equation and then we work off of it. We re-equalize it. We find another equation 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we, we put them together and then mm-hmm. we create what are called theories based off of these equations that we've discovered based on observation. The issue that happens, it happens all the time, is that our original equations weren't perfect or the condition in which we then choose to use them in the future is not fully um, um, accurate, right? So then we end up with models mm-hmm. and theories and we presume that they're going to be accurate. A good example is knowing, for example, when we get blood red moons, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing when we have, uh, when what star is going to be at what point in one sky in the sky. Yeah, yeah. This was a big issue for astronomy all throughout the ages that you had astronomers come around. They'd make mathematics to display, to display and explain what's going on mm-hmm. in the sky. And then hundreds of years later, it was wrong. So the mathematics had to be redone. Yeah, yeah. And and this happened over and over and refer- with refinement. Then nowadays with computers and so on and so forth, we we've learned to make it to, to make it more accurate. Is it perfect? No, mm-hmm. not not even close. We 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 failed at every attempt to try and recreate what we believe to be the Big Bang uh, in in a model. How to recreate a solar system? We have no idea. We have good theories behind it because the mathematics of our observation, we can compile them and put them into scenarios that try to illustrate new mm-hmm. theories and new models. But the reality is, is that when you reobserve based off of the new models and the theory and you see that reality is different, mm-hmm. are you going to try and fool yourself to say that, well, the mathematic rules must be right, so therefore my observing reality must be wrong? Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of those tricky those tricky things because you go up against sometimes a tidal wave of poli- of belief systems, right? When you start going up against models and theories, yeah, you know this as a scientist, yeah, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not fun, right? No, of course not. And uh, but there are also really important things that have happened in history because this happened. You know, the the, the discovery of the quasar, for example, is a mm-hmm. classic example for mm-hmm. me. How a burst of energy was detected, and um, it was much greater than anything we could yeah. ever have mathematically predicted. And so for this reason, the astronomy was on its head for a while. And then came along this dude called Martin Rees. He's uh, an astronomer for the Royal Society. Mm-hmm. And um, he is now, he, he, I don't know if he's still alive, but he became the king, the king, the, <laughs> the president of the Royal Society. And okay. It sounds like they should have a king. <laughs> and um, Because it's royal. <laughs> exactly, right? And then he he discovered he he came up with this idea of the quasar that um, uh, you have jets that pi- that that shoot out of something like a supermassive black hole, mm-hmm. and you have the accretion disk, which would be the ring, something similar to our Milky Way, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that if that jet were to hit you, you'd get a full burst. So the idea previously was that when something explodes, that the radiation is distributed equally. And then mm-hmm. they realized, you know what, maybe much much more like the mathematics of of uh, the nucleus of an atom. Like you've seen the way that, uh, not even the nucleus, but the valence shells, uh, VSPR theory, yeah, I believe yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it is, how that the, the, the geometrical, geometrical structure of the uh, atom and the way that the electrons or... Uh, the orbitals of the electrons exist is is has a mathematic geometry for it that predicts where they possibly may be, mm-hmm. right? The energy, and it was it was the same idea. Mm-hmm. He came along and 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 reapplied that theory and came up with the idea of the quasar, and all of a sudden, astronomy was nicely settled. Yeah, sounds like a nice story, but what happened was the guy who originally discovered the blast was ridiculed to no end, lost his job, mm. was kicked out of science. Mm. <laughs> I have to look his name up. It's, it's, it's a fascinating story because yeah. you have this guy that did well. He observed something, looked at the math and said the math's wrong. 
And everybody hated him for that. Yep. And then you get this other guy comes along and says, oh, yeah, no, I, you know, this is the way it could possibly be. And he's praised for it. Meanwhile, that first guy is fucked out of existence, right? Yeah, that happens actually more often than you think in, in science. Yeah. Well, and this is why I think it's important to have a good backbone, mm. right? If sure. some, if in your life, and now we can actually go yeah, away yeah, from yeah, the yeah. academics and just say, in your life, when you have uh, acknowledged something that you deem to be truthful for you, mm. and I think this is the talent that we all have to discover is to be able to put our beliefs aside. Mm -hmm. And that if what we rediscover or what we reobserve challenges what we perhaps previously believed to be a belief system, mm -hmm. maybe it's time for our belief system to evolve or change or yeah, yeah, be dismantled, absolutely. right? <laughs> and and it's very difficult. I know that uh, for a lot of people, specifically a lot of females, you know, I know that you're like this, is that uh, it's difficult for you to take, you know, criticism when you put your heart and soul into something like absolutely. your books. Yeah, yeah, true, you know? true. I remember when she first created Designing with Tetsuke or when she first released her book, there's this crabby old man who gave her a bad <laughs> review. I think he gave her like two stars or something like One. that. One star. <laughs> he said that her humor was shit. He said that the book didn't need to be written and she was like not happy. Well, it was not One something Amazon nice, review. right? Just to look at this. No, but, it's yeah, not it's nice. True. But again, it's like... What I just you, don't get why people would, you know, write something like that. That like, was his truth. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And that's it. And you can't please everyone. But you nope. know what? I think it's good when people complain and say they don't like you. They don't like something about you or what you've done. Because then it allows you to know you're not my target or mm -hmm. audience in this case because it's your profession. You know, yeah, you yeah, as an yeah. author. You're not my target audience. I'll make sure to take that into account next time. Yeah. yeah. That uh, my book will not land on your shelf. That I can, I can <laughs> spare myself of that energy now of wasting it, knowing mm -hmm. that it would be wasted. And next time, perhaps that old man uh, sees a different truth. Maybe he'll come back to it. Maybe he'll like your second book. Who knows? Right? Yeah. So there we go. Um, I would like to talk. Before we go deeper into the episode, we have a couple new things that we've done. Mm-hmm. We started going through our season one episodes and creating clips, right? So as you guys know, we are on Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, DLive, and an audio version only on Podbean. So for all of you guys listening right now on Podbean, this is live. You can uh, say hi and ask questions <laughs> and we will uh, we will respond accordingly, right? Yes. Um, Rockfin is our home. I'd like to say that Rockfin is really now our home. I'm going to share my screen and show you guys. <clears throat> Um, what it looks like on Rockfin and our new clips. Rockfin, unfortunately, doesn't support playlists. So we did the thing that we weren't sure if we were going to do, and we decided to do it anyway, but only for this cause, is we decided to create a YouTube channel. But the YouTube channel will only host the clips and nothing else. And for those of you out there who don't like YouTube, such as myself, I don't use it anymore, <laughs> um, there's also Rumble, right? So when you go into Rumble, search, very simple, smart home, stupid people. We pop up right there. We have three followers. Look at that in Rumble. Uh, <laughs> right? Amazing. And, amazing, right? And so we have these awesome clips going on here in this YouTube. Same thing. Also a new channel. And there we are. Same shit, different pile, except that here we have the playlist. So we're going to make different types of playlists in the future. Maybe like a playlist called Madeline's Creations or uh, Eric, Eris' Rambles, you know, uh, <laughs> things like that. So there we go. Um, and as far as Rockfin is concerned, what's that? The outtakes. Yeah, the outtakes. My English outtakes. <laughs> as far as Rockfin's concerned. Dun, 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 there it goes. Uh, for those of you out there who want to see it for free, then you click on watch content as soon as you've logged in and you can see there we are right there. And 
easy come, easy go. We have down here, if we actually go into the proper channel. Rockfin's looking good. Look at that. 2,343 followers. Much much better than YouTube. The hell really? with YouTube. How does that work? <laughs> well, because Rockfin's cool. That's how it works. Absolutely. It means that people here are interested in the numbers. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people coming to us on um, on Rockfin now, and uh, it, I think it's good. I A lot of people, I think, on Rockfin probably don't even really acknowledge YouTube as much anymore. It's mm. it's, it's a bunch of rule-based garbage. It doesn't, it doesn't reflect reality anymore. That's the way I'd like to see it. Yeah. Right? So let's go into a couple little topics that I've prepared and written down. So <laughs> um, reality. Mm-hmm. How do you think you discovered reality? We talked about this last time uh, about how you know, for our New Year's resolution that we would, uh, or at least it was my thing. That was just the topic of the episode. I decided that my New Year's resolution this year, I'm going to be focused more on um, spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like a sp- becoming spiritually fit mm-hmm. this year. Not in a religious way, but to acknowledge the fact that my spirit is something. What are you looking at? There was a comment, I think. Well, like, I'll get to them. Um, in a, I'll get to them in a minute. Yeah, okay. You are the, <laughs> the comment master because I'm too far away. Can't read them. That's good. I just don't want you to miss them. I won't miss them. Okay, I won't. good. good, good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that being said, becoming spiritually fit it, it requires a few things. It requires um, first the acknowledgement that spirit exists, that there could yeah. be something true past our physical mortal bodies yes right and if there is is there a way to become more in tune with it is there a mm-hmm. way to develop that type of fitness just mm-hmm. like you would you know your muscles or your mind yeah right? yeah, yeah um and that being said for me i think that when i started really looking into what perhaps spiritual fitness could be you know way back when back mm-hmm. then i didn't even know it was what i was doing um, it was it was uh, because I find that I was too heavily bombarded with religion in school and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. and I I was being forced into what I believed at the time was reality. People kept telling me it was reality. People kept telling me that I have to do things a certain way or else I won't survive and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And many yeah, years yeah. later, it's me who's actually surviving really well. And it's a lot of those people who tend to be very miserable who try to push those kind of beliefs onto me. Right? Yeah, it's true. And so what I'm what I'm really getting at is that um, how easy is it for someone today to just say, you know what, I'm done with society. I'm done with the bullshit. Mm. Um, I don't want the rules anymore, right? I want to live in a real world, real life, and I want to discover truth. Mm. It's actually very difficult because the infrastructure for that is no longer there for us. Mm -hmm. And I say that because growing up, um, for me, I realized that all the years in school, church, um, you know, just dealing with people in general often pushed me into a world that wasn't real, a rule-based world, constantly reinforcing rules and regulations. Yeah. And I think that I did really well in my life because I think I uh, I, didn't, I never took it too seriously. You know, um, <laughs> I was always able to play mm-hmm. with uh, my, my own creativity, you know, mm-hmm. creative play and just play with life and reality and have fun. And I saw a lot of people just crumble under the stress, mm-hmm. the stress of life and reality and so on and so forth. I get angry sometimes too, just like any other guy. You know, <laughs> I get angry when things don't, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I get angry when I'm, when I when I have too much bullshit around me that I've chosen to take on. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big that's the big important choice of word is to choose to take on the bullshit because in modern day society we make these choices all the time, you know. It's like okay, if I if I do things if I do things this way, you know, like I, I want to buy milk at the store instead of having a cow, for example. Mm-hmm. That's a choice that we can make, but mm-hmm. it comes with costs. You know, yep. the day that there's no more milk there or they want you to wear something stupid on your head to go buy it and you don't want to do that, <laughs> then it becomes a difficult thing for you. Mm-hmm. And all, and, and then, then all of a sudden you're, you're you, 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 well, me anyway, you know, you start to become regretful. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I learn how to just t- uh, have a cow? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and this is one of these things like for you growing up in the, in the GDR, right? And um, your parents had animals. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you grew up around them and you yep. saw that as being a lot of work. And all of a sudden yeah. for you later on, you never really got that information, how to take care of piggies and animals and uh, chickens and all no. that. I mean, I was also, you know, when my grandfather was still alive and was healthy enough to have animals. So I was around. But you were a child. At that I point. was a child and I was too young to understand all of that. But yeah. later on, my, my grandma, even when my dad, my grandpa was already dead, she kept you know, being in the in the garden and and was growing the vegetables and all that. So, and I I was always with her outside and you know did my little things in the garden and <laughs> uh, and if it was only eating the berries, <laughs> not right. not really helping, but you know just like the the harvesting <laughs> was always there. But I just enjoyed being outside as a as a child and you know spending time in nature and see where my food comes from and how how much time it takes for it to grow. And specifically with the animals, we always had fresh meat, you know, like the the the, the um, that, uh, bacon and all that. Yep. So, and, and you trade with the neighbors. Probably, as I say, I can't really remember every detail, but I do remember also the, you know, that this was a part of it. Also, mm-hmm. the the slaughtering of the piggies, you know, yep. and it was that you could hear the sound of it and. And the smell of the blood and all that, yeah. and that was part of it too. So if you wanted to have the meat, then you know you had, you had to know to, where it came from. You yeah. had to go through all of this. And yeah. I mean, because I, I I grew up like that. For me, it was normal. You know, yeah. that was part of. of and then, life. but you also had a very large vegetable garden. You yeah, know? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, you were fermenting your own cabbages and pickles and, and stuff. I guess too. Probably, I don't know. My grandma did, you know, all that, but that was different, <laughs> uh, different but generation. You, were, you, you know, were they taught had nothing. that information. I mean, that that kind of skipped your generation, and it's really mm-hmm. weird because your mother got it, your grandparents got it, and they got it from their grandparents. But there's something really weird about mm-hmm. our generation in that um, it was kind of removed, and and you can see that in the sense that in in the last fifty years. School became mandatory mm-hmm. uh, in Germany over here specifically. Yeah, yeah. Very mandatory yeah, yeah. in Germany. It's not like where I come from in North America. Uh, school is mandatory to a degree, but the parents still have the choice to take the kids out of school. Over here, it's a mm-hmm. criminal offense mm-hmm. when the parents take the children out of school, yeah. and uh, it's a federal offense. And and so it's so you can see there's this there's over here anyway this huge effort to force kids out of the family mm. into a building yeah, where yeah. they don't learn these things. Yeah. They don't learn how to survive and be self-sustainable. They learn rules. They mm. don't learn reality. Yeah, it's true. And then when they get to a certain age and they're burning out because they don't want to deal with the the, the rules that mm. they've been taught, 
they can't go back to reality anymore yeah. because that's that information and wisdom it. was stolen from them. I always like to compare that to, you know, a wild animal that you capture and then you bring it into a prison and over time it is so depending mm. from, you know, the the right. the owners that even if the door is open to get out one day, they'll just forgot how it is to live in in wilderness with other animals and, you know, just just hunt and and be the animal that they're supposed to be. And I feel sometimes it's the same with humans, that we forgot yeah. our wild part and how how to interact with other beings. Yeah, I want to bring this up here. Yeah. We have Dual Vamp 1984. Uh, I'm born in 1984. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put that out there. I don't know if that's his uh, birth <laughs> year or if he just likes the book. But uh, growing up as kids, we had an aversion to religion, primary preachers, Bible bangers, believe in God or else. And... Mm. Um, that's something, like I said, for me, the church and being taught religion violently mm-hmm. was uh, was something that, for me, like reality was very difficult to to want to accept from someone who's being brutal to me, mm-hmm. right? And that, and I think you know, I would say that Dulvan probably agrees that uh, the aversion to religion also came with the way that it was pushed and taught upon us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't done kindly. It wasn't mm-hmm. done in a way that. You know, I I wouldn't say that the people in my society, the adults, were spiritually anything, right? <laughs> and 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 yeah. and that to me taught me at a very or showed me at a very young age that there's something really wrong here. And this was the institution mm-hmm. or the the empire, as I like to call it. The, the empire is the word that Jesus himself used in the Bible to yeah, yeah. to describe all of that. You know. Mm. Well, I think specifically as a as a child, you know, have a different way to sense um, the world. You still have a very good very good way for your intuition you know you're still very connected to your yeah. intuition and I think you you feel and sense if there's something coming at you that is not real that has a bad intention and mm. a bad motivation that you can sense that and that's why they are so harsh with, with children putting them into these kind of environments to really take out that intuition on a very from a very young age right. to numb them and so really take away their I would say like it's almost like a compass that they have, you know, to really guide their way um, through life. Mm. And without that, they're lost souls and really, you know, become angry and depressed. Yeah, people. no, that's that's a really good way of looking at it. The 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 the, the compass has been removed. Yeah, right. And, 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 and running around like a you know chicken with no head anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, not knowing it's uh, close to death. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a thing like I'm seeing a lot now, specifically for all of you guys out watching right now. You, you know, as I mentioned before, the platforms that we're streaming to, uh, Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, DLive, and Podbean, these are a lot of the people watching this, specifically in the Rumble world, are people who are interested in permaculture. Right. Mm. They're people who are interested in becoming more self-sustainable, becoming. Mm-hmm closer to truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why you can see in the numbers that we have over 2000 followers already uh in 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 the Rockfin world because people are interested in in bettering themselves. And mm. I think that the way that we just sit here once a week, twice a week <laughs> last season, um we're just talking about reality from our point of view. Madeline being, as you guys can see, a Dr. Rianat in biology, <laughs> so she's a biologist, and a me being biologist. a building automation senior technician. I've been building um, what unfortunately is today labeled as smart homes for over 17 years. And I'm just, you know, I, 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 I see that technology and biology, like the, the, the line isn't blurred. It's not even there anymore, mm-hmm. right? Nowadays, biotech is like, a, it's a common household word, right? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and the fact that we don't know how to live um, 
yet alone live with technology mm. is, a, is a really scary idea with mm. the way that society and people on average are moving forward. Right. Yeah, I do see it specifically in my work, you know, being um, involved in that whole NGO environmental scene and just, just, I, I don't even know how to explain that. On one hand, you know, these the the people that are involved in all that, they, mm. they want to change the world. They want to make things better. They want to, you yeah. know, we are living more ecologically friendly. On the other thing, there, on the other hand, there are so many rules that they have in their head how life should be. And it's always a separation between, you know, we are the good ones and out there are the bad ones. And I think right. with that, it already starts... That having that separation where you start to yeah that us and them mentality of course yeah yeah us and them mentality and there is that 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 how you say that like aggression and it's like anger and mm -hmm. fights and so I just try to you know step out of it and and see it from 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 a far distance looking at it and it's just like children yep. that play you know in a in a, in a sense playground <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know hitting themselves with shovels off with the head and i just can't take it serious because it it for me the motivation might be the right one but it's not the right way to achieve it um it's it's you you just separate your, your, yourself and i think separation from other people and mm -hmm. from specifically from animals and plants is the reason that we are having all the problems that we have nowadays because we don't see that everything is connected that we are kind of are guided to the same source and one if once we would look at this like that you know and we would accept that there are different opinions out there and mm. that the universe also wants to maybe experience different ways of, of life and to see how to how to incorporate that and i think the, the if you yourself ask you know you want to change the world and you want to just think to yourself i want to have a positive impact on it how can i do it i think the best way is start with yourself live the life that you want live mm. a happy life a fulfilled life and the rest you know this is the best thing you can do in order to <laughs> make a different yeah. point and live your own reality because of that you give yourself and other people the permission to do the same and i think if everyone would live up to their own you know true truth their own reality well as i mentioned before it's also the ability to navigate it because i think that uh, you know when i was younger there were certain things that i thought were truth yeah that turned out to not be so much truth yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. um dual vamp says whatever your preference preference is good source creator universal and so on so forth and this is a thing too is that some people base their truth on mm -hmm. um there has to be an, um, um, uh, you know, yeah. an, omnis uh, an omnipotent God, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of these things. And this is why I say before is that it's good It's good to have ideas. You know, uh, I was mm -hmm. watching, I was listening to Crow Triple Seven um, podcast earlier this week. And at the end of every podcast, he says uh, that, uh, how does he put it? He says, mm -hmm. uh, belief is the enemy of knowledge or knowing mm -hmm. or something like that. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, and there's, there's, there's a lot of wisdom in that and that um, it's okay to have ideas. It's okay to have theories, but the idea that God in the, specifically the God of the Bible being a reality or not, um, that belief becomes a rule. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you you start generating your own rule based system just to override the rule based system around you, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I'm saying is that it's it's I think I think it's always healthy to keep an open mind on on yeah, on yeah, what you're objectively re uh, seeing, but at the same time, you know, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned the idea of spiritual fitness, some people might say, well, you know, 
um, that's not something that you can objectively prove. And I and I would disagree because I would say that once you felt heavy intuition, once you've felt, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a synchronicity, once you've really experienced that and you and you know how to call it up again and again, mm. you start to realize there's something else there. Yeah. And it's not the the five senses we've been taught in school, <laughs> right? There's something else. Yeah. And 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 this is kind of what I'm talking about is exercising that. And, and mm. lately, I must say, you know, my intuition's gone. It's going up and up again. Mm-hmm. I, ever since I, I quit my job, Mm. And I'm going back to being self-employed and taking time off to fix the house up right now. Yeah, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel a lot of that coming back. Every time I turn on the radio, the topic the, uh, the, uh, of discussion is what was in my head an hour before. You know, so these kind of things, I'm already starting to cue into that that kind of stuff again. Yeah. So, so there we go. Um, there are a couple things I wanted to talk about as well um, with you in oh. your environment you know we talked about this last episode the idea of radical ideas and Mm -hmm. we talked about the you know the idea that uh maybe there are a couple things that we can reduce Mm -hmm. in our world that will by and by doing this Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of the problems that we believe Mm -hmm. to be problems will just fade and crumble Mm -hmm. away right and uh, a couple simple ones i put out was the idea of maybe we should just like well it's not about forcing or doing or anything like that it's the idea i would like to put into a, a mm-hmm. thought experiment what would happen and what would what would be the cause what would be the result of all of a sudden not having imported and exported food anymore mm-hmm. right um what would be the uh the, the, what would happen if we got rid of antibiotics mm-hmm. that we just didn't have them anymore people stopped using them mm-hmm. you know uh, because i find this to be a really interesting idea that a lot of people that I know, you know, specifically when we talk about the last couple of years, there was this huge dichotomy over whether people are going to go out and get the the the, the um, corona gene therapy shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Or not. And the people who went out and got that, I found often were the same people who were saying the planet's overpopulated, greenhouse gases, uh, it's a problem, mm-hmm. uh, CO2 is a mm-hmm. problem, and therefore people need to be controlled, and there mm-hmm. are too many people, and therefore population should be controlled. And it's, I always found that to be very interesting, because the, the first question that I have in my mind is, because I, like I said, this is, I'm saying this from my personal experience, I've, I've ran into quite a few people. That that really follow that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they 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 really are into the whole world of uh, I'm going to get vaccinated because it's pol- it's politically correct and mm-hmm. it's um um the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? And and then in that same breath, uh, they they jump onto global warming and they say we're overpopulated and we need to reduce the population or people need to be more controlled because there are too many bad people out there mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I'm just always thought to myself. If you really, I think in my opinion, I mean, if these people really believe that the planet was overpopulated and that this was an issue, um, you'd imagine these being the people who would actually opt out of anything medical, <laughs> right? To bring the planet back to the numbers yeah, we well, had before 1948. It's always something else before that has to do with stuff, right? <laughs> well, my point being yeah. is is that it's an interesting truth that I've yeah. seen. And 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 this 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 is something, like I mentioned, rules or reality, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you can't have both when they contradict one another. And or it's called double morality or something. Well, <laughs> like, George, George Orwell in 1984 <laughs> called it. He has double think and he has black white or uh, oh, yeah. whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but the point is, is that with with double think, it's the uh, the ability to have two opposing belief systems in your head 
but to believe both of them completely, depending on what conversation you're having, yeah, yeah. that's what it's comes just... out. And this is the exact mm-hmm, same thing mm-hmm. that I'm kind of saying. I'm seeing that. And the other idea that I put forth was also uh, what, what would happen if we had no more synthetic or uh, or chemical medicaments, right? Mm-hmm. Medications anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what, 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 happened, what would the world be like if we had no more limited liability businesses? Just these things. And I'm not talking about making them illegal. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, what if we just... What what if we just didn't need them? Or what, we just, what if we just didn't have them? Mm-hmm. You know what would mm-hmm. what would the world really be like? And this is the idea that Fukuuma also put forth, uh, the Japanese farmer. He said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens if I stop pruning the 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 the, the orange trees. Mm-hmm. I believe he was mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. citrus, and uh, the the branches grew out of control and the, and and crossed mm-hmm. each other and got bugs and mites. And yeah, I mean it's a different way. No, it's the same. When I went all in, I asked myself what would happen if I stopped dieting. Right, so. Well, that was a big thing thing. too, is that (laughs) what would happen if you just stopped putting all the negative energy into stuff? And this is the same idea, like I said, with Fukuuma, what he he found out, okay, pruning to a degree is necessary. So let's keep that on the table. Mm -hmm. But then he said, what what would happen if I stopped plowing, Mm -hmm. if I stopped tilling, if I I stopped using pesticides Mm -hmm. and fertilizers Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth? And it turns out that all of those things he got rid of. Mm. Um, and and his uh, his the the floor the culture the the ecosystem that was yeah. then built was healthier and could withstand more it was more resilient towards um, external stressors coming in later on you know mm. and so um, that was something very very uh, I think for me to read that it was something very um, oh inspiring right. Yeah, and and so now uh, I see that same idea and logic and try to apply it into um, reality. Mm. Maybe our world doesn't need imported and exported food. You know, why would I buy apples from Spain, as I mentioned last time, when there's an orchard two blocks away? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe German people don't need to eat rice if we can't grow it in our environment. Mm. You know, just like these are all new ideas and concepts mm-hmm. that we have. This, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you can buy mangoes in, in in Germany or in Canada is 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 trippy. Yeah, it's just you know? you know the idea to have everything available at every time. So that's kind of and, like I would say you know also an expression of a very rich country and this is the illusion yeah. it's not a rich country it's yeah. a foolish country i find yeah, yeah, yeah. you know uh look at how many um fermented foods germans don't eat anymore mm. um i i find that actually to be really interesting that the german diet traditionally is really good for the gut biome mm-hmm. lots yeah. of fermented foods sauerkraut. right sauerkraut <laughs> exactly the sauerkraut and uh and, and this is something that i i learned I've, I've mentioned in the past in some of our episodes that when I first came here, I had allergies. Mm. And I never really had allergies mm-hmm. before. And I came here and it was really intense. And um, it wasn't until I started uh, having whiskey every day and more meats, uh, specifically eating liver and sauerkraut, mm-hmm. that it all went away. And I found out that the um, enzymes that break apart histamine mm-hmm. can be introduced into your body via fermented foods and things like liver. And, mm. and that... Um, yeah, not everybody likes liver, but that's not that's not the point. The not point is, is that when you think of the traditional German breakfast yeah, yeah, yeah. was Leberwurst, Leberwurst right? <laughs> and and then you would have Sauerkraut with the sausages, and then yeah. you'd have a, a liter of beer at four o'clock, you know, beer um vier. <laughs> and this was something that was traditional for so long, mm. and people just stopped doing this in the mm. last generation. And and look at how many people are sniffling and sneezing and and require antihistamines, <laughs> mm. right? And that, that's what I find to be amazing is that the yeah, beer yeah. gives you the histamine, and the enzymes are there to be able to break it down. So then when you start mm. becoming triggered by other things in nature, it doesn't bother you. And and yeah. when you're eating fermented foods from the environment you're in, you know, even honey, 
the amount like pollen and mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that stuff. I've heard that many times. If you want to go somewhere and not have allergic reactions or adapt to the environment, mm-hmm. the first thing you should do is eat like raw, raw poll, like honey, honey pollen area, or right? honey from that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Makes sense. So mm-hmm. what can you tell us about honey? About honey? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's uh, she's the uh, uh, um, the director of, a, of an NGO here in, in uh, Germany near Berlin yeah, yeah. Uh, that specializes in wild bees and honey. Well, or actually, no, domesticated bees and honey. All, all, yeah, but we also like it's called you know, uh, long live the bee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of that that motto. Yeah, microbiome is paramount. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and and this is something that I've really I, I, like. It's 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 such, for me to be able to drink whiskey every day mm-hmm. and have like I, so I buy bags of sauerkraut uh, from the from a farm and <laughs> and I have them in the freezer and I pop them out and have it yeah, always yeah. in the fridge. Life changing, really, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, maybe just one thing I, I just want You're going to tell us about the bees. Want to mention about the bees. <laughs> I am actually, I, I'm not so familiar actually, to be honest Isn't with that bees. that something, eh? <laughs> Because I, I never really was so interested in insects and uh, invertebrates. I was always looking more into mammals you know i was i don't know i i like, like the, cats and rabbits the, the furry the furry animals <laughs> no i think because you know they were just like bigger and I, it was easier for me to observe them but they're also much more like us humans you know i wanted to become a psychologist when i was mm-hmm. you know choosing my profession back then but my degree was not good enough so i i eventually became a biologist but with a focus of behavior mm-hmm. so and i think i also wanted to understand myself through understanding absolutely. other animals and yeah. you absolutely can there's so many parallels between the behavior of animals and us humans because we are also animals and are driven by and instincts. we live in reality in nature yes and we're living in reality in nature and we're not detached from it and mm-hmm. Maybe one thing that, you know, my book will, will be published in, in a week now. So it's, you know, getting a little more exciting. Yeah, we're, the, you know, we're counting down the days now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, you know, what I really liked about that whole stress idea or what I found interesting was that so much that we know or think we know about stress comes from a laboratory um, specifically about chronic stress, you know, like right. when when you are in constant um, fight or flight mode and what will happen to your body if you just constantly stress and all that. And so it, it says, yeah, this is, you know, devastating to your health and all that. So you should have a quiet life, <laughs> something like that. But if you look deeper into it, the, all these research, they stem from studies that have been done in the laboratory with animals that are overbred, like inbred, you mm-hmm. know, that have never reared under natural conditions. And how would you expect these animals to react to stress factors, st- stress factors that are really out of, you know, out of range, like yeah. something yeah. that they would never experience in everyday like life Like you were telling situation. me they were taking um, placenta from an elephant and injecting it into a, a mouse? It was, uh, well, um, parts of the tissue of a placenta from a cow, right? Okay, Making right, a solution a out of this and then putting it into the rat and see what happens, you know? And, and then you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's not happy. <laughs> he's not happy. <laughs> Something must go on. And Brutal. well, the original idea was to find a new hormone, right? That's so that right. they, they took it from the cow um, ovaries. So I think that was There the is something that came out of that I want to go back on, you know, I want to circle back to in a minute, but keep going. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you know, just because you read maybe studies about stress and there there are many thousands, <laughs> mm-hmm. most of it, I would say, is not that you can really take it one-on-one to reality and adapt to our life because it, it the re- results, they come from 
from environments that are has nothing to do with environment like natural environments you know mm. in a laboratory you have a constant temper temperature constant light and they have food all the time there's no predation there's no harsh weather conditions yeah and again these mice or whatever kind of animal that is they they're testing on they are inbred and created more or less even by humans they well, were and they selected. never lived in out, out, they out never of the lived. laboratory right so these animals are not really animals anymore you know it's just right. like a creation of of men like chimeras and, yeah and and so you can you you can't draw any conclusions from from these experiments you know not not anyone's i would trust <laughs> not well specifically from a behavioral uh, point of view yeah. is what you're really emphasizing and the other way would you know think like what what if you would just take some animals from wild or from the wildlife and bring them into the laboratory and see how they react under stressful conditions well that's the other thing you that that wouldn't would um, bring you any valuable data because of course these animals would be scared to death right mm -hmm. there is no i don't know there's no, no baseline no there. baseline yeah. and there's no relation to so the whole idea about you know what does stress to us what is stress how does it work is there chronic stress or anything like that i i would say you know look for yourself and don't trust just studies or things that you hear in the media or in the news mm -hmm. but just look at yourself and decide for yourself what is it that you see in your life brings you happiness and joy and maybe excites you in a very positive way you know it might be a little stress but <laughs> something that you mm -hmm. you are willing and happy even to take on because right. it's something that you want to experience in your life right and what is stuff that you feel horrible after while you're doing it or after it even you know when you when you are together with people or after your work day just really trust your your feelings and your intuition because they will guide you to the things yeah. that are right for you and yeah. not books you know? so what's the what's the translated name of your upcoming book <laughs> well um there so far i don't know that there is actually a translation plan in english but i'll i'll you but know. what would it be in english i would say it's kind of the unbelievable power of nature maybe uh, how stress leads plants and animals or guides plants and animals right. and also humans well and this is the cool thing is that <laughs> I, I like I, I like to look at it from a few point of views one um, if you want to learn a trade right if you want to learn um, the piano or bass guitar or uh, drums or anything if you want to learn to do yeah. a backflip you want to you want to learn something yeah um, it's going to be stressful at first yeah Right, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 going to require you to train your nervous system to maybe yeah. get stronger in certain areas, and this it's stress, but stress with with the payoff and a goal, and this is yeah. kind of these that that belief that we're going to stress ourselves out for ten years of our life sitting at a desk at a school having mm -hmm. people tell us when to go to the toilet and when we could have a break and when we could eat lunch. Yeah, we, we we're told that it'll be worth it, and then we we hit our twenties, mm. and for many of us, it was not worth it. Most no, of us, not at it all. Was Most not of it, at yeah. all worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There, yeah. I just want um, because I was looking into that topic today. You know, really trying to also for myself and for my own life to figure out was it that I really want experience. You know, what is it that I I want? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I I forgot the name of that author and the book. So I'll look it up for the next time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to you know just like <laughs> talk about like that. But are you breaking my no, microphone? It's good. It's good. Yeah. You yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> And um, now I forgot what I wanted to say. Book, nature. Yeah, no, you had a question actually. What no, I did, question? but you you just said a second ago you had a book about nature. 
We'll come back to that. <laughs> Man, Sorry. It, it, it didn't take much to break you today. I think you're tired. No, I'm a little tired. It was like a lot of work the last couple of days and um, it was a little late. Well, what I wanted to talk about earlier was that um, my mother's a... Um, uh, ah, like, a, like a naturopath. I, I have it. You want to go back? Yeah, okay. All right, I'll there was back. a quote that I heard today, and it, it was a quote. Yeah. Yeah. And it said, well, let me try to <laughs> put it back together. It was, you know, if if a, if a fish tries to climb up a tree and it just horribly fails because it's not made for it, you know, and they'll tell them that fish, it's stupid, it will always remember that. Not not yet knowing that whatever it tried was not made for mm-hmm. this fish. You yeah, know? it wasn't wasn't built that. It way. It wasn't yeah. built that way, so there was no chance for that fish to achieve. Mm-hmm. And if no one tells you that, you know, and you try to achieve things that are not meant for you, and you miserably fail all the time, then you think yourself, you know, so I'm a failure all over. But maybe you just tried the different the wrong things because people tell you, you know, this is this is what you have to do. That's right. This yeah. is you have to climb up the tree, although yeah. you're not made for it, and you don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. No, I, I that, that that's no. that's a really good way of looking at it in the sense that uh, I could definitely say from my experience when I was younger there was a lot that I wanted to do that I was being pulled towards, mm. I was gravitated towards, mm-hmm. that I was told that's not what you do, yeah, it's not what you yeah, want to do. Yeah, it's awful. Huh? And yeah. um, you know, I was told daydreaming was bad, but it was the best thing I ever did to filter yeah. out a lot of the carp, the crap coming in. Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I wanted to talk about was had to do with uh, when we were talking about injecting the uh, cow placenta into the rat mm-hmm. um, in order to discover what mm-hmm. stress is. There's actually something out of that research that you had mentioned to me in the past mm-hmm. that, um, funnily enough, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why the term stress came to be, obviously mm-hmm. it was a term that was borrowed from... Um, Physics. Uh, well, no, for, yeah, from metallurgy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Physical strain and stress mm-hmm. on, a, on on steel, for example, mm-hmm. was then later on used in a biological term, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing because this became um, the word to define what we today call stress, um, you know, emotional stress and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same word in almost every Western yeah. language. So uh, French, English, German, yeah, yeah, Spanish, yeah. all those languages, yeah. um, Greek, Ita- Italian, you know. Yeah, yeah. Stress is stress. Yeah, right? stress is stress. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's, it's something that you mentioned in the past was that uh, the first thing they noticed had to do with the thyroids becoming overreactive, mm-hmm. right? Or, mm-hmm. or becoming overreactive or underreactive. It was like the thyroids were kind of like the first um, reaction. In mm-hmm. all the different tests you mentioned, it's probably just I've just I'm not Schilder sure if the um, thyroids. Yeah, no, they were looking for you know Schilder because or the thyroid because yeah. this is something that always kind of reacts if there is a new hormone. You know, it has to do with hormones. Exactly. That's why they were looking for the thyroids if there's something going on. Yeah. And this is what's interesting is that uh, that's what you were telling me before is that mm-hmm. all the exor- uh, exercises, all the different experiments that they did, always. Um, triggered the thyroids. Mm. And that's why you were saying maybe it's a hormone, this and that. But it's interesting because, as I mentioned, my mother, she's a, a holistic uh, naturopath, right? Mm. And um, which was shit for me as a kid because, you know, I thought that uh, I was just always being punished, couldn't have any sweeties or sugars or anything <laughs> like that. But retrospect, uh, it was good. Uh, the, the hard thing was that, uh, you know, the only time I ever got junk food and sweets and stuff uh, was when we went and did something like go to the movie. Oh, today's an exception. You can have all the junk you want. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I was younger, because none of that stuff was in my house, I always associated junk food with um, things that were fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of and, and a lot of us, I think, grew up like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not an exception to the rule that mm-hmm. way, but to build that bridge of. 
um, fun stuff equals sugary drinks and garbage food. <laughs> it's it's a really bad Crazy, line yeah. to draw, right? Because it becomes uh, it becomes something that your mind uh, recalls all the time. That every time you do something yeah. fun, you want junk. It's like and, a, and a it's, con- and, conditioning, like a habituation. Yeah, habituation, it's, it's a type of conditioning, yeah, absolutely. Conditioning, right. um, but the the idea of the thyroid is really interesting because um, in laboratory experiments, the thyroids are always the first thing to react. But even uh, from a holistic point of view, emotional issues, baggage, diet, all mm. of these things, the thyroids are usually the first things mm-hmm. to say, hey, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just found that to be really interesting because I actually was... Uh, it, don't know where I heard it today, but someone had also mentioned that um, the 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 thyroid issues today are just growing exponentially as well. Hyperactivity, yeah. overactive thyroids, and so on and yeah, so yeah, forth. Yeah. Um, whether it has to do with uh, radiation, uh, mm-hmm. whether it has to do with exposure, whether mm-hmm, it has to do mm-hmm. with you know stress of of trying to follow rules all the time that yeah. you know aren't real. Maybe also right? from a different point of view. Now, if you're more into yoga and the energy chakra. Chakra is like the chakra of speech, right? I think many people, they really suppress all the things that they want to say. They don't speak their own truth anymore. And that's why I also mm-hmm. would say, you know, this kind of areas, like kind of yeah. reacting to that as well. That's an interesting way of looking at it, the way that it just gets bottled up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. Huh. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to put that out there that uh, that I found that to be a really interesting uh, correlation that uh, in in the world of biology, torturing little animals and finding out that their thyroids were always the first thing to go, mm. um, and then seeing that in also, like I said, the holistic medicine world, that um, the thyroids are also a very uh, important gland because it's the it's kind of like um, mm. it doesn't matter what sickness you have, they tend to always react first. Yeah, and 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 uh, illustrate to you that other things are happening. This is why I find that women, uh, specifically, I knew quite a few women who had thyroid issues. It's more common amongst women because uh, the hormone regulation and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if uh, if they're not healthy, then all of a sudden the thyroids will will, will go out of whack, and then um, their hormones will get turned off, and so on and so forth. Um, but I always found that to be very interesting to meet people in the past who were on medications for mm-hmm. thyroids because they had overactive or underactive or one year it's underactive, the next year it's overactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're taking, taking chemicals first. and hormones oh. in order to uh, regulate these things. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me now, you know, after listening to what you've had to say about the way that stress was actually discovered mm-hmm. um, and from now me recalling the information from my mother growing up, um, that it's 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 one of those first warnings yep. that there's Absolutely. something triggering it it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. a natural state of a human being no, not at all. to have thyroids way out of control and out of whack and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. to think that the doctors tell you oh it's okay just take this pill and go back to work that's the problem it's right? it's so, a really big issue and that's yeah, kind of what i was that's why i wrote down you know when i talk about radical ideas what mm. would the world be like if we got rid of things like um you know synthetic and yeah. uh, chemical drugs and so on and so forth if we just removed it mm. it would require in order to survive as individuals and 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 mm. you know as a species it would require a willingness to want to understand this stuff again yeah, yeah. because you wouldn't be able to lean on the crutch that is the synthetic and the chemical drugs that just fix things up quickly without you having to think about it, right? Yeah. The issue is still there why it was happening. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. we can take a boost in one direction or the other to try mm. and correct it, to try and rebalance that scenario. But mm. the reality is is that th- that scenario to begin with was unhealthy and it wasn't based in reality. And because we constantly try to force ourselves into a rule-based world mm. where it, it's not conducive to longevity in reality. Yeah. We require 
these synthetic and chemical things in order to survive if we want to live like that. Yeah. Well, I think there are two things behind that. You know, the first thing is that we forgot that, um, you know, that we are more than just our body, that there is like a spirit. More and than energy, just chemistry. More than just chemistry, that there is yeah. something that we also, I, I believe, and I'm strongly convinced that we are able to heal ourselves, whatever we have, that, you know, just by very strong focus and meditation mm -hmm. and intention that you find the source of your illness and by really healing yourself, uh, you, you can heal yourself. You don't need all of that. And I yep. experienced it myself. But, I felt it, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, this is something, if you put it out there, many people will say, but no, you know, this can't be and blah, because then you have the second part. It's about taking responsibilities for your own life. Of course, it's it's you know not that easy to sit down and look into your life and figure out what could have could have been the reason yeah, for that and want you know? to yeah and want to and really face maybe a big change in your life in order to make things better or just go to the doctor get a prescription take the pill and hope that things will go better right but you can also compare it to you know having a car and you see you know the like the lights start blinking for your oil <laughs> or maybe it's for your fuel and you're like constantly just just pushing that that light away. But deep down knowing that, you know, you're not fixing the problem with it, it's just getting worse and worse. And one day the whole thing will, you know, just yep. stop and you don't know what to do at all. Yep. And then you have a big, big problem. And yep. so that's always how I see it. So I'm, I'm very sensitive and very careful. And um, yeah, I pay a lot of attention to my body each morning, mm. you know, just to sit in meditation and see, do I feel any pain, discomfort or Where changes yeah. in skin or whatever is it that because your body is, is all you need in order to understand and know what you need and how to heal it. It will tell you everything you need to know. If you know how to listen, yeah. If you know how to listen, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's the talent. And that, that's the whole thing that I was kind of getting at before is that um, sitting in school for that many years. Yeah. Oof. And <laughs> this is not the information that's taught to us. They don't teach no. us how to breathe. Yeah. They don't teach us how to feel and become sensitive uh, to reality. Mm. And you'd think that if you spent that much time being institutionalized, let's say, let's put it that way, that uh, oh my God, impression. <laughs> right, putting on the white, uh, you know, jackets and <laughs> well, yeah, the, you know, I, I was at a Catholic school, so there was a uniform involved as well, yeah. and there was a white, uh, you know, overtop. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and for me, growing up, it was it was one of those things where you could definitely see that all that exposure. And you'd assume that it was to help you prepare to be able to survive mm. in life. Mm -hmm. And it did the opposite for yeah, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, I does. think that, sure, if you want to survive and pick a life off of the, you know, menu items for, for life, you know, then, then you're fine. Yeah, I want to become a lawyer and do exactly like every, mm -hmm. you know, and do it just like that. You know, every time I'm sick, I want to go to the doctor. Every time uh, I'm stressed, I want a pill. If that's what you want, then yeah, that, yeah. that'll work yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that more and more, a lot of people are realizing that that doesn't work. No. And I think a lot of people who had followed that path, uh, I've, I've, I've heard many, many stories of people now who went through that but mm. you know my father uh, mm. being one of them too you know you you go through the whole nuclear life and the whole uh trying to achieve the goals the way that people have told you to achieve goals and then you get to a certain level and you're miserable yeah you're absolutely. not happy and then you get cancer and then you get sick and then you yeah, get fucked yeah, yeah. up right yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then the 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 treatment kills half of you right mm. that never comes back and then you're never the same forever and you never know you never know who you would have been 
Yeah. If it weren't if it weren't a bid for the treatment and for the issues that had come up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that's and that to me is one of the scarier ideas: not being able to meet the person you could have been. And so, therefore, I try to focus on being <laughs> the person I can be. Yeah, it's, right? it's well said. Um, I think specifically, I had a maybe just bring it up. I had a weird dream last night, and it was okay. a situation where there was a person looking at me. And he said, I know something about you. I know when you will die, but I won't tell you. Mm. <laughs> and it freaked me out. It freaked me out because, you know, I felt like, oh, probably it might be soon, you know. So I woke up and I was a little shaked by it because I thought, hmm, you know, thinking about your own death, death and making it a possibility that this could be something that might happen tomorrow or the next week or something like that. You don't know. Um, but living your life that you would be okay, you know, with going tomorrow mm -hmm. or next week. And I was, I woke up and asked myself, why did it, did it freak me out that much? Right. Because for me, there's still so many things I want to do. You know, I feel like I haven't lived my life to the full potential yet because so many years I, I wouldn't say wasting, but you know, I was definitely not becoming the person or I was not the person that I meant to be. Whereas now I feel I am on my way. I am, you know, it, it goes somewhere. Yep. <laughs> Something is, 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 is out there. And I don't want to go now. I feel like, you know, please let me <laughs> finish that and let me see what else is that. Because now hmm. I feel I've walked out of the door. I am on my path. Yeah, and I want to experience all these things. So, but I, uh, I think it's a good point to ask yourself or imagine you at the end of your life looking back and ask yourself, did you live a life that was really, you know, according mm -hmm. to your, like how you wanted to live it? And I think, yeah, that's something you should ask yourself every yeah. day. I, when you when you talk to older people, people over eighty, mm -hmm. that's what they'll tell you. Yeah, you know, and that's it's a really interesting thing. Like, you know, I, I knew uh, quite a few people who were very stressed and workaholics and all that. And by the time they're in their eighties, they're you know they have to let it all go, mm. right? Or else they just don't survive anymore. It's, mm. it's, and I've seen you've seen like you know the the stereotypical old angry German <laughs> grandmother, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a pleasurable place to be to no. at that age. And so I've met a few others who decided to do the opposite and not mm. be angry until the bitter end, you know, instead to just relax into old age and uh, maybe discover a type of uh, wisdom and um, mm. nobility with age, you know. Uh, and and these yeah. people always said that exact same thing. They say, you know, all that all that stuff, that searching, that, that uh, um, chasing mm. goods, you know, money yeah. and all this, mm -hmm. It's it, in the end, it's not it's not worth anything, you know, because you don't take it with you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you manage to uh, maintain your your uh, faculties, you know, your your mental faculties, we call them, <laughs> until your later years, what, still have all the cups together, as we would say in German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and what they say is what they remember are really the grid, the good, the great things that happened to them, and the regrets. Yeah. And this is the big thing is that to to make it to a certain age and to not have those regrets pile up and pile up and pile yeah. up because they yeah, yeah, th yeah. that in the end that's what you're really left with is Absolutely. just those regrets and the good times, you know? I I would I, I talked to that uh, about uh, about to a friend of mine. So um yeah. and we would say kind of like you know discover the the life you would you're a kid and you you are you know very close to I think what you should become when you're older, like you're really open and you have all okay. these ideas yeah. and you're very intuitive. And if you would just 
let alone or kind of supported and all that, you would bloom in mm-hmm. your very 20s, early 20s, and you would have already have that life and live just very happily until the end, right. you know. But if you are taking out of this and your your head will be filled with ideas and rules and regulations and other people's ideas and more and more your light will 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 glim down because you are kind of losing that intuition, that curiosity, that joy of living your own life. Right. And after, you know, then you're 20, you come out of school, you're full of fears, of doubts, of dramas, of all that. Yep. And try to figure out making a living maybe for the next 10 years, realizing that whatever you achieve won't make you happy. And then that you're at the point where you have to dig all that stuff mm. back up, right? <laughs> Another 10 years might might yeah. might might go away and then maybe yep. you're 40. And if you're lucky, then you're at that point where you realize you have, maybe you have to start a new life, you know, go somewhere else or do yep. something new, not in order to pile up all the negative stuff. Because I believe if you're not looking at this stuff, that whatever drama you had when you were a child or later on, that it will just get worse and worse and make you a very miserable old person yeah. at the end. Yeah. I um, So something that I've kind of always had in my mind is that um, you collect fears for the yeah. first 15 years of your life. Yeah, yeah. And then you work on the next 50 years to try and get rid of them. <laughs> right? So Absolutely. maybe by the time you're, set of, you're, 50, you're uh, 75, yeah. you'll be in a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it seems to be something that uh, that, that, that is is something that I see a lot, you know, a lot of the fears that we develop, we develop really young and a lot of us don't want to look and acknowledge the fact that they're even there. Right. Uh, Yes. And it really has to do, of course, you know, how you've been raised, how your parents were, what kind of fears they have and just the general notion of, you know, do you feel safe? on that planet in that life um how's your understanding of life or do you um you know as you would look look to your parents are they always afraid of someone is like you know fucking them over or (laughs) just just you know taking advantage of them or afraid of of being robbed by something or someone and if you don't have these fears you're not attracting the situation because i would say our fears are very good guidelines for us to look at what is underneath it if something had happened to us as a mm-hmm. child you know the fear of maybe get bitten by a huge dog or something because <laughs> yeah. that happened to you back then and then really unravel that that fear where has it where are these origins and that's what i really like with the um, shamanic work that i learned and to mm-hmm. come back to it again and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, keep referring because it just is a big part of my life that that always helped me to look on a deeper level to where where these fears coming from yep. and how to really look at them and how to transform them in a very healthy and natural way. And the first step is always to accept that you're afraid about uh, right. of something. Right. It's funny, you know, I know a little girl who uh, got scratched by a kitten and now hates cats. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you and, go, And right? it's a funny thing because uh, what happens is is that the people around her just kind of like rolled with it. Like, yeah, she doesn't like cats. That's mm-hmm. the way it is. Yeah. And it's funny to me because my first question is, did anybody explain to her what happened? What right? happened? Yeah. You know, maybe the cat scratched her because um, she treated it like a doll, like a little toy. And maybe she shouldn't have because it's not a toy. It's not a, it's a, it's its own life, you know, and, and kittens want to be, they want to feel security and they yeah. want to feel safe. They don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't quite enjoy having people just pry at them all the time. Specifically, you know? no, I just, I just had that <laughs> the, uh, half an hour ago, I was outside with my cat and then our two neighbors' uh, kids came by, you know, just running mm-hmm. through that cat and she was like terrified. 
<laughs> yeah. So, and yeah. but this is the job of the parents, you know, really explaining how that works and and also saying, you know, that was just one cat. That doesn't mean that all the cats out there are just like that. And by by creating that fear, they take away the possibility for that child to ever have a healthy connection to to cats and maybe even other animals, no? Because now it has that fear of, oh, they are dangerous. They will hurt me. They are bad. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I don't want to put anything out there, but who knows what kind of um, ag aggression she develops from that. Maybe even, you know, harming animals later on. Right. This is how, how these things start. And um, yeah, they yeah. don't get work done. Exactly. And then, you know, as, again, it does not get work done. I, I fell from, from a horse when I was, was that 14? Mm -hmm. And since then, I was really afraid of go going back onto it. It was a very, you know, bad accident. I, I hurt myself and uh, had to go to the hospital and was in rehab for a long, long time. Right. So I was so afraid of going back to it, but I always liked horses. I always liked the the riding, um, the horse riding part of it. So right. for me, I, I had to figure out a way how to step by step going back to it. And, you know, yeah, yeah. eventually I ended up with uh, Icelandic horses <laughs> because they're not so tall. <laughs> and with them, I was perfectly fine. You know, I would have probably never, never, um, never discovered them riding again riding or yeah. specifically the Icelandic horses you know no, mm -hmm. I was always looking for for tall because you were you were looking for a way to get over your fear and you found them as a yeah, good tool yeah and that's how yeah, I that's how I started and they're they're very very gentle um, animals from their personality not only not being that mm -hmm. tall you know it's even if you fall it's not that dangerous I would say yeah. <laughs> probably not that not that because the height is not that yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, Icelandic horses were built to take on two ships. <laughs> so they were bred specifically to be like wide and stocky. Yeah. So they can still hold just as much weight. Yeah. But they're not as tall and big. So you can pack oh. a bunch of them onto a boat. And they're for some reason cool with being on boats and being near water. They're uh, amazing animals. <laughs> yeah. They're just so calm and, they have and a fourth easy. Gear. And they have what? They have a fourth gear. Yeah, they have a fourth gear. That was the other thing. So I really rediscovered riding for me through them. Mm -hmm. I would have never, probably would have never, you know, experienced without that fear and also looking at it and, mm. and how try to how to overcome it and um, yeah. So there we go. So yeah. that is uh, rules or reality for today. <laughs> I think that was a, that was a really nice little talk that we had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of little chatty stuff happening in the background I there. See I'll, hearts. I'll, yeah. <laughs> lots of people uh, logging in on Podbean saying Very hi. Nice. So. Um, you know, the, the picture that I had pulled up for today, I just want to bring it up just to uh, kind of make note of of uh, what it is that we're talking about. Um, I don't even know if this is something that's... I've, I, I never really saw it in in, um, in the English-speaking world until mm -hmm. I at least came into Europe anyway. And it's something that's called paragraph. And uh, so the symbol for paragraph is something that they use all the time in the German world in uh, in law. Um, in pretty much anything you do. And here I'm going to bring it up. And there it is. And boom. And so this was the the, the cover that I decided to use for today. And it was, uh, it was a, pi a picture I found online, like a free picture that you could use. And it's, um, you know, the scale of justice <laughs> with a man, which mm -hmm. I would say, you know, a person, a human, mm -hmm. animal mm -hmm. reality, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And on the other side, you have paragraph paragraph yeah. are the different in german like i mean you have all the different laws and each law is quick is specifically depicted uh, with a paragraph yeah, yeah. in the code book right yeah 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 and um and it just goes to show you you know what 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 holds more weight yeah. the reality the experience of men yeah 
or the bullshit laws that we write down in order to uh, to create our society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say bullshit in that sense. You know, some some laws are nice to to have, <laughs> but in all reality, um, if I can choose which, if I had the ability to choose which one of these I wanted to actually fund, mm-hmm. I'd be more willing to pay taxes. You know, mm-hmm. the the amount of money that's taken of from taxes. Yeah. I, I, how how cool would that be if every citizen had like a checklist of shit that, yeah, th- yeah. that they could just check off and say, I'm not putting money here, 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 or here. Yeah. Figure it out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and there would be, uh, you know, and that would be the end of it. Um, yeah. There's a there's a movement in the States right now trying to say that politicians uh, shouldn't have careers, you know, because traditionally in the past they didn't. You know, pol- uh, politics was something you donated your time to. It was almost an act of philanthropy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the idea that now we have career politicians and uh, NGOs and foundations that are only focused on changing and creating laws, it's very disturbing because it's it's just this tidal wave of, of constant, um, I don't know, like uh, of constant rulemaking mm-hmm. outside of reality. You know, trying to change reality. And this is the last thing I wanted to touch upon for today. And that is the idea of, uh, you know, mirroring mathematics, right? That, as we mentioned before, we observe something. Mm-hmm. And this is what I, I listened on, uh, I heard on the podcast, a different podcast I was listening to this week. Uh, it was Freeman's podcast. And, um, or was it? No, actually, it was Crow 777. I think about it. It's when I was listening to Crow. That, you know, you'd observe something and you'd make mathematics, mm-hmm. right? And now we live in this world where the mathematics or the the, 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 the rules that we're writing and the um, models that we're predicting as to what a good society should be and this and that, mm-hmm. it's, it's as if um, if you don't want to accept that the mathematics should represent reality, mm-hmm. then you're only, uh, th- there's only really one other party of thought. And that other party of thought is that you're going to change reality to fit the mathematics. Yeah, 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 yeah I get it. And mm-hmm. that is scary mm-hmm. because there, I think Absolutely, I would yeah. say there's a big, big, um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of money in that first off, because yeah. that's what happens is a model comes out and then money is put forth to say, help support the model. Mm. You know, whether it be uh, like you've seen in, in, in your NGO um, with uh, everybody's jumping on the whole climate uh, um, control, right? Mm. And uh, in, in the electri- in, in, in my world in technology, a lot of it has to do with uh, this whole green bullshit that's going on. You know, let's throw in a bunch of Chinese lights everywhere. Let's mm. uh, throw in, uh, let's put batteries into everything. Let's, let's turn over to electric vehicles, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say because because you know it's it's kind of like a um, well every everyone agrees that we have to change something you know to in order to make things more renewable and sustainable but no one really understands what does it mean and so we start up well, nobody... with ideas and put them out there and then we end up with you know replacing all the light bulbs with something else creating a huge pile of garbage at the end from it and you look at it it's like how is that sustainable or renewable well even like i said <laughs> for me the funny thing is i i managed a warehouse for two and a half years back in the day uh for electric bicycles and scooters i found it fascinating in the beginning and then i quickly saw it's a bunch of chinese crap and i left yeah and that's when i got into home automation back in the day and um electric vehicles are powered by electricity. Electricity in Germany now is almost completely made from coal. Mm-hmm. So you you see people out there um, lobbying the idea to have more electric cars when you're really saying we need coal-powered vehicles. Like that's what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And the batteries are garbage. 
and they don't hold up in in, in proper weather changes. You mm-hmm. know, uh, in in uh, in Canada, when there's a pileup on the highway and, and you have to sit there for 12 hours and it's minus 30, you're not going to be happy to have an electric vehicle. It's actually very dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 there's a there's a time and a place for an electric vehicle, but it's but the, to lobby and say we're going to get rid of all modes of transportation because it's no good. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, the way that uh, the, the, the countries have now been developed, mm-hmm. people have been uh, cramming into cities and you, you just go onto, onto any maps, you know, Google Earth kind of thing, and just zoom in at random in Europe and mm-hmm. you're going to land on, on like a patch of farmland. Mm-hmm. The amount of land that has become a monoculture here, just destroying and eradicating the the natural environment and the biodiversity is to me it's unbelievable you know uh coming from north america i never thought it was this bad yeah until i came here and saw what the hell they've been doing to this place and mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to say that maybe the big issue that we have is that people should probably be living out in the lands that are now farmlands mm-hmm. and, and what does farmland mean in in, in germany farmland means you have uh, a couple dozen people who are controlling the electronics not electronics but the the mechanical equipment mm-hmm. that plow and and, mm-hmm. and 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 spray the fields yeah, on, yeah. Uh, huge uh, companies right? yeah and Over, not even from germany like you know that's different that's another thing too is that's why i was countries. saying before is that not only i think i'm going to re- revisit my my um one of those things i said earlier you know try to imagine a world where we don't have importing and exporting of food but try to imagine a world where only without li- limited liability. That's why I kind of put that in there mm-hmm. as well. That the actual people producing the food have a a, a personal responsibility behind it, mm-hmm. and uh, that it's 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 not you moving to another country to farm there to bring food back into yours. Yeah, right? that's also a very um, you know and very important idea in the shamanic uh, work or just mm-hmm. the shamanic culture that you have a very specific connection to the landscape around you and to the animals and plants and everything that right. is around you. It's like your family. You know you share the same environment and if you on that level have a connection so deep well you know it's less likely that you would start just just digging up the earth and and kind of i would just say it like that you know rape the earth by kind of uh, just put a lot of pesticides on it or whatever because this is your your land this is all your family you know this is how you wouldn't treat your family like that. But mm. if you go somewhere else on a you know, totally different country, you have no relation to it, it's easier for you to do these things because you know, you don't know anything about this area. You right. just you just have the the um maybe it's your company that says, you know, go there and and just flatten the land and then start the monoculture. And because you have no connection to it, it's easier for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember uh, years back, I was, uh, there's a guy, he wrote a book called um, uh, The Way of the Dragon, right? And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was how um, China had uh, multiply, like, had, had pretty much partially successfully overtaken Australia and New Zealand. That um, through the government and the parliament, uh, the people, when you look at how much money a lot of the politicians were making through China, through their mm-hmm. relationships with China and how much they were being paid by the governments of Australia and New Zealand from you know where they were actually employed, <laughs> and then there was a there was a deal that almost went down that one company from China tried to buy I think sixty percent of the farmlands in mm-hmm. Australia at some point and it almost oh. happened because the, the 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 politicians were lobbying for it they're saying yeah this is a good idea that's the point you <laughs> right? know they just sell their own land sell their own family as you would say in Germany you now you they would sell their own grandma for profit. <laughs> 
right? The, yeah. the we say the uh, the salesman who would uh, sell you the noose to hang him and uh, you uh, know, the rope that would hang uh, him okay. eventually. Right? Yeah, well, and, it's all about money. It's not, you know, there's no. Well, is it really about yeah. money? I mean, it, it, it's I it's it's, it's definitely a short term <laughs> money thing. You yeah, know, I, of course I, it is. I see it over here in 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 Germany in in um in my industry that you have areas that were supposed to be park areas and open areas like where the wall um that ran through Berlin used to be. Mm. Um, they said certain areas were never going to be untouched, uh, never going to be touched again. It was going to well, remain um as like public uh, public area. Yeah, yeah. You know beautiful right by the water and what happened they ended up putting up uh, like 11 story buildings where the top penthouse was being sold for 20 million euros yep. and <laughs> right and so mm -hmm. it goes to show you that eventually when enough money's on the table lobbying yep. will occur and the Absolutely. laws will get changed Absolutely. and this is, goes back to that old idea rules or reality mm -hmm. the rules will always be bent in favor of people who want to do corrupt things that may look and appeal like it's uh, appear like it's a good thing mm -hmm. in the short term so mm -hmm. long as the pockets are being lined really quickly and these people can scatter into the wind afterwards yeah, uh, yeah. there's a good chance that it will then happen similar to the berlin um airport there is no reason to create a billion Brandenburg airport it's, it's it's actually a scam uh it, it cost billions of euros it, it it took i think 15 years over and over budget it like it was crazy like it was the same thing that happened in brazil it's a uh, it's as if like there's a there's this thing that's happening all over the place where like um, international airports are being built in order to bankrupt places and to steal as much wealth as possible from the mm. people and just run away. Yeah. And all the original people who were there to be responsible um, for what happened in Berlin here with the building the airport, nobody, from what I understand, nobody was held responsible. <laughs> if, you, if any of you guys out there want to anger somebody from Berlin, just ask them how the airport is. <laughs> or how, you know, nowadays it's open, so they kind of like, they. Yeah, it's amazing to see how quick, was it was crazy, right? Yeah. It's amazing to see how quickly people forget. And now the new airport we have, mm -hmm. we closed down the other ones. Berlin had three airports, one in the city, one in the north, one in the south. And what's the first thing they say when they become capital? We need another airport. <laughs> There's actually a very funny joke about that. Um, you know, remember that, um, was that when they, they built the, the wall uh, mm -hmm. between East and West Germany, they said, you know, no one, no one attempts to build a wall. That's how they say it. And of course, after that, they build it. And so there's the joke that they say, you know, no one attempted to build a new airport. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it was just not happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and and so the when I when I like when I first chose to move to Berlin, um, it was to me I I remember back in two thousand seven they're like oh the airport was supposed to open up last year but it should open up next year yeah yeah it was <laughs> it always just opened in two thousand. 20 2021 yeah, yeah, yeah. like during during the covid cac mm. and the reason why they opened it was to funnel people through the security mm. for covid that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. i mean that was the big thing that really got the, gave them the go ahead <laughs> right and so it's it's actually really amazing when you start to see how how this lobbying now comes full circle yeah right? it was just you know as i'm living close to berlin or we live yeah. close to berlin and i i just saw the whole story over the last i don't know how many years like 20 years how, how long did that it took them for to build that thing and you could just see way too long so much money like it's incredible amount of tax money went in there and they just like the one mistake after the other but it yeah. was just like a far you know it was a, a farce, joke yeah, yeah and a farce they hired kind of really a hit in the face of everyone out there paying taxes huge huge yeah. um and I, I i know this because the company that i was working for we almost we <laughs> we were on the list of people who were offered to try and fix some of the issues there mm. and what i learned was um, they hired some Eastern European crap company to mm. pull and wire the entire place up. Nobody was responsible uh, for 
delivering a product that worked. So they ended up pulling cables at random throughout the entire building <laughs> and they weren't labeled. And oh, so no. they ended up spending millions of euros to get new companies in to retone and to relabel the cables yeah, to try yeah. to make it into a new structure and pull new cables to make it functional. You know, it, it was really a disaster in, in mm. every sense of the word. Yeah, right? yeah. So anyway. Anyways. Not yeah. needing to talk about the Berlin no. International Airport anymore. They no, still no. don't have proper international flights. And that's the funny thing is <laughs> they said that uh, by building this airport, they're going to have international flights still to this day. If you want to fly properly internationally, you pretty much have to go to Frankfurt or Hamburg or yeah, Düsseldorf yeah, yeah. or Munich. <laughs> there we go. Okay, now I'm done with the airport. <laughs> yeah, I think we're also kind of we're done with done today. Here. I think, right? Yeah, I think I, I think it was a fun day today. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of people chiming in on Podbean quickly. Yeah, um, thanks very much. And we had uh, Dual Vamp Night eighty four. Thank you for uh, joining us today. It was Thank it was you fun. Very much. Yes. Yeah. It, it, Sunday's <laughs> an interesting day because uh, we we stream at six p.m. our time. It's mm. noon for North America, and uh, it's always surprising to see that sometimes we get a lot of people coming in. Mm. Sometimes only a couple, mm. but uh, you know. This is uh, this is something that we do as a little uh, hobby of ours, you know, just to enjoy. <laughs> I don't know, like we 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 have so many things going on throughout the week that I think that this video cast is just a way for us to sit down for an hour yeah, it's true. and talk cack about, uh, <laughs> you know, reality and the rules, <laughs> and to just enjoy company, right? Yeah, I think so. it's also something healthy, you know, like maybe as an ad relationship advice. <laughs> Yeah, why not, to at right? least uh, once a week to sit down with your, you know, fiance, spouse, boyfriend, whatever, and yeah. talk about your own way how to see, how you see the world, and you know, just ask yeah, the other put person. Put it on paper. Yeah. You know, what do you think about this and that topic, so that you have something to to talk to each other. I think you know this is a very important part of relationship, the communication part, where you really um, meet your your partner new every time. So that's also I never thought uh, of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also well see said. it like that. And uh, yeah, you don't have to, you know, make it public as we do. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool. No, you're right. Actually, yeah. to tell you the truth, the, the, the video cast... Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, the video cast has definitely <laughs> been a cool way for us to, to just be able to... Um, I don't know, like you, like you mentioned, like find find a topic talk about it in a healthy mm. way and and just get along with it or not and and you know mm. Maddie and I don't see everything always the same way but we're very similar in the way that we want to experience um life this is why yeah we're, we're really <laughs> looking for our own truth I think and um I don't know well at least in, in, from the German point of view in a German podcast area and all that I feel more safe to you know talk about these things here in the English speaking world specifically yeah. with with, with uh, Rockfin because I know that there's so many people out there who wants to listen to that and who also know to take it right and to to um, take their truth out of it. You don't have to agree on everything that we say, but nope. that you are open enough to think maybe, you know, whatever they say there, there's something, a little truth here and there that I can take from and maybe integrate it into my life. But in Germany, I, I find that many people are not there yet or no, maybe no, no, you know no. like they're really not in the, the masses, world yeah. not the masses so i i feel sometimes and it's a little sad to be careful with what i have to say and uh, you know this is also you cutting i cut down a part of me that i don't want to that's true down. yeah well it, i've removed my filter a long time ago which and, i <laughs> admire long and yeah. also take it as an example it's not easy for her sometimes you know we, we, we go places publicly and uh <laughs> It's it's funny. I mean, like uh, I remember we were at a restaurant a while ago, and uh, an old man tripped and almost broke his fucking neck uh, tripping, mm. and I jumped and caught him. Right, mm. 
And it was just interesting to see that all the other German people just watched. Mm. None of them got up. The point is that I find that Germans, uh, I think that's a big part that uh, haven't been indoctrinated so mm -hmm. intensely in, in school and yeah. being told what to do and when to do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the spontaneous um, uh, reaction to actually mm. just be in the moment and, and participate when an emergency happens yeah, yeah. is, uh, it's not really there. I, I, every society kind of has that now because mm -hmm. of education is, is global. Uh, but that's something I I, I noticed, right? That uh, yeah, Germans also, are definitely more robotic on that level. <laughs> robotic. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say because you know of the history and all that, we are afraid of making mistakes and are seen as bad <laughs> so people. So you just don't and try. Yeah, and we 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 are really careful. That's why we don't you know don't like to change a lot of things in our yeah. lives and are really careful what we say and um, yeah, like bottle up a lot of things that we would like to talk about, but we just know we shouldn't. Yeah. Anyways. Alrighty. <laughs> Good. So this has been yeah, Rules or Reality. Nice it's been another fun show. Weekend. Rest yeah. of the weekend. And then see you guys in a, in a week. Yeah. Hope to catch you guys next week. We're, yeah. as I mentioned, for the next little while, we're not doing Wednesday shows. We're only doing Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. German time. That's yes. uh, noon Eastern um, Standard. And uh, I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but we're renovating where we're living right now. So until that's kind of done, the, the Wednesday has to kind of stay Until open. the piles become less and less. I know, I know. Maybe <laughs> I should just move the camera around and show you guys what the rest of the place looks we're like. We're just but. always, you know, just kind of slaloming around here. Yeah. All the stuff. It's all, we're getting there. We're getting there. All right, guys. All right. Have, have yourselves a, a lovely week. And nice we'll see you next weekend. time. Bye-bye. Until then, take care. <laughs>